You're listening to Family Pedals, the podcast for people questioning the status quo and getting around a little bit differently. I'm your host, Sarah Copper. Today, Jillian Burgess joins me on the show. She shares what it's like to bike around Arlington, Virginia, what she's learned through her work on the county's Bicycle Advisory Committee, and the joys of being part of a critical mass ride. Jillian, welcome to the show. Hi, Sarah. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to be on. Why don't you start by just introducing yourself and your family? My name is Jillian Burgess, and I live in Arlington, Virginia, with my wonderful husband, Grant, and our lovely kids, Sydney, who is seven years old and in first grade, and Ryder, who's five, and Milo, who is almost three, who are both in preschool. And my husband is a stay-at-home dad and teaches people how to bike on the side. Wonderful. Did you say what you do? Oh, I forgot me. (laughs) (laughs) And I am a lawyer for the federal government here in D.C., like so many people who live in the D.C. region. And why don't you share with us how you started biking for transportation? So when I was just out of college, I lived in the district and worked in a part of the district that wasn't really close to Metro Rail. And so I would commute on a bus and I was working in economics and I was really into efficiency. And I started to realize that most days the bus would take longer than walking. Mm -hmm. And I was like, this is silly. There has to be a better way. And I was looking at the windows of the bus and I saw the bike messengers zipping around D.C. So this was back right around 2000. And it, it felt like me and the bike messengers were the only people biking around D.C. But I got a bike and I started biking to work and it was awesome. And I could go everywhere and I just fell in love. So that's how you got started biking. But you said your husband is also an avid cyclist. How did that happen for him? So my husband was a swimmer in college and we met when we were both living in Manhattan. And we didn't really bike for transportation in Manhattan because it's Manhattan and you can use the subway or walk pretty much everywhere we needed to go. But he decided that he needed another fitness option because he didn't want to get in the pool. So he joined a bike racing team and raced for a number of years while we lived in New York. When we decided to get married, we decided we wanted to live in a place where we could be outside more and do more outdoorsy things. But we also didn't want to be stuck in a car all day. So we had a short list of places where you could bike a lot and live in a city and do outdoorsy things. And DC won. So that's why we moved here to DC. And he started bike commuting. And actually, funny story, when he decided to stay home as a stay-at-home dad, he said the thing that he misses most about working is his commute. Because we biked through Arlington National Cemetery into the city. And every day, we just got the best view of DC. And it was a wonderful bike ride. Well, tell me a little bit more about Arlington and its bike friendliness, because you said that you specifically sought it out as a place where you'd be able to do that, where D.C. and the greater D.C. area isn't a place, at least isn't the first place I think of when I think of, man, where is it going to be easy to bike as a family? So D.C. is an awesome place now to bike as a family. But when we moved here in 2008, especially Washington and the other suburbs were not necessarily the best places to bike. Arlington had already done a lot to make it easier to bike. First of all, just as an accident of history, Arlington is on average as dense as DC. And 
a lot of the development in Arlington happened before the middle of the 20th century. And so even though it is a suburb, we don't have a lot of those subdivisions with cul-de-sacs that have one feeder road onto one giant road, those sorts of setups that are so hard for walking and biking. Or even the single family home neighborhoods are pretty dense. And most of those neighborhood streets connect to each other. And so there are a couple bike routes that are pretty easy to get around the county that are just neighborhood streets. And the county doesn't have to do very much to make them good for biking. The other thing is that Arlington bought into smart growth a long time ago, in the 1970s, really, when the metro system was being built. Arlington insisted that the metro stops in Arlington be built on more of an urban scale, closer together, and less of a suburban scale. And so that allowed a lot more density to grow up around the metro and has done a lot of great things for Arlington. Arlington is a mix between, between the best of biking in a small town where you have quiet neighborhood streets that you can just bike on and biking in a city that has invested some in bike lanes. And there are bike lanes on many of the major streets. And Arlington is getting on board with things like protected bike lanes and better infrastructure. And the trails. Arlington has an excellent trail network. And so you can get a lot of places that you need to go just on trail, which is excellent. Yes, that's great. And you have the unique perspective of being part of the Bicycle Advisory Council in Arlington. Can you talk a little bit about how you became involved in that and maybe how that's changed the way that you see the infrastructure in your city? Yeah, so I started on the BAC just because I showed up. We have public meetings once a month. We welcome new people at every meeting. And for me, after I showed up at a few meetings, someone said, hey, would you like to officially be a member? And I officially became a member. And then a few years later, I decided to run for chair and was elected to be chair almost four years ago. We worked with the county staff on two levels. We look at individual projects and make suggestions on the technical details of projects on how to make them better for bicycling. And we also look more broadly at county policy and how county policy could be better for biking. And in particular, how county policy can be improved so that biking is more of a transportation option for more people for more trips. So I've seen more of the inside guts of what it takes to get a project built and also what it takes to get a policy changed. And I have a better appreciation for how long some of this takes and the frustration mm-hmm. and the challenges that the county faces when, for example, the state of the art changes over time. So a lot of these projects need approval from the state government and sometimes even from the federal government. And the system takes a number of years between when project is conceptualized and when the project is actually finished. And the problem is, if you think about what people wanted to build, even in 2008, it's not what they want to build today. Right. And so we've definitely had some frustrations with the county building projects. For example, they're going to build one this year where they're going to take a road, make all the lanes smaller, and put in a regular painted bike lane 
and then put a median in the mi middle of the street mm. where if we design this project today, we would definitely shrink the median and put in protected bike lanes. Right. But the design happened so long ago and to change it would cost a lot of money, essentially, and would take even more time. And so I, I have a better appreciation for how we end up in a situation where we're not building today what we would want to build today. Yeah, that makes total sense. What would you say to somebody who is interested in advocating for better infrastructure where they live and the best ways that you've seen to be involved in making that happen? I would say speak up. Most places, the government wants to hear from people and has some sort of engagement process to take into account what the people who live there want to see. The trick is to figure out what that process is and learn how to be part of the process that the government designed, mm -hmm. as opposed to thinking what you would design that process to be <laughs> and acting that way. Because if you act the way that you want to act, it's more of a frustration into a system that has many, many moving parts. You will have more impact if you can fit into the system the way it is. That's not to say that you can't change the system over time, but if you sort of come in criticizing decisions that have been made without understanding all the moving parts of it, a lot of times you can alienate the people that would be your allies mm -hmm. and hurt your cause more. Yes, I love what you're saying about getting the lay of the land first, because even if you do want to make those bigger changes to the way that it works, you have to understand the current system to even know what changes need to be made. So regardless of whether you want to work within the system or help to make it a better system, the first step is just understanding the way that it works, which is a complicated thing and varies from place to place. Yeah, and it always starts with talking to people. You can show up at your county or your city's meetings. You can show up at the office hours for elected officials and just start asking the questions of how can I become more involved? How do these decisions get made? How can I be part of the decision? Yes. And usually that will get you to a place where you can understand better what's going on. Absolutely. So another way that you're involved in advocating for biking in your city is through a leadership role in Kittical Mass. And that's a very different way of going about bringing awareness to biking and family biking in particular. Before we get into the Kittical Mass specifics, can you just share what is working for your family in terms of how you get around by bike with three kids? Yes, we keep buying bigger bicycles. <laughs> So my husband is a stay-at-home dad, and he bikes around every day in a box bike, Bach Feats NL, which is an e-assist box bike. I have an e-assist long tail bike, mm -hmm. an extra cycle cargo node, which is the folding extra cycle. Mm -hmm. Really great bike. That's an evolution. <laughs> so we actually started family biking because we both biked and we loved it before I got pregnant. And then when we started thinking this through, we were like, wait, we want to bike with a baby. How can we bike with a baby? And back in 2010, it was actually pretty hard to just find basic information about what the options were. Yes. And so I speak German and I actually went on German websites to find more information about what people do and then was quickly very frustrated because you can get much better Back then, especially, you had many more options for biking with kids, and e-assist 
was a much more real option in Germany back then. Mm -hmm. So we sort of dreamed of the day when we could easily buy a box bike and get e-assist, but we started out with just a front seat with a bow bike mini that we plopped on the front of a Dutch-style bike, a Berea city bike. And as soon as Sydney was, was old enough to sit up with her helmet on, we decided to start biking around Arlington. And then that worked for a little while. And when I was pregnant with Ryder, we started seriously looking for a box bike. And we found a place in Brooklyn where we could buy the box beats. And we actually ended up buying the box beats when Ryder was six months old. And then added an e-assist mid-tail bike when I was pregnant with Ryder so that I could bike through my pregnancy. It sounds like you guys had a similar experience to our families where you start with one thing, but as you add kids and learn more and more things become available, your fleet is ever-changing. And I'm finding that even now, that we did the same where we started with the front seat and then we moved on to cargo bikes. As they get older, things are constantly shifting. We're having to rethink our system and what's working as they grow. So it's not as though there's one thing and then you can stick with it. It has to keep evolving as your family grows. Yeah, that's exactly right. And it's like so much of parenting, you have to just savor the routine while you can have routine and then <laughs> be flexible enough to change it when you outgrow it. Yes. But the good news is that family biking is growing so much that it's been pretty easy to, to sell the things that we're done with to families who are back in that stage. Mm, that's a great position to be in, both for you and for the receiving family. <laughs> And tell us a little bit about Kittical Mass in Arlington and what that looks like. So Kittical Mass started actually because I couldn't find good information about family biking. And one of the things I came across in searching the internet were these Kittical Mass rides. And I first found them back before there were any, I think before there were any on the East Coast. And then I saw that someone started doing Kittical Mass rides in DC, but the woman who started it lives basically on the opposite side of the district from where we live. And all the rides started there and then came our direction and then turned around and went back the opposite <laughs> direction. And so I actually never went on a critical mass ride before I finally was like, look, I'll just do it. I'll just start critical mass in Arlington and we'll see if anybody shows up. <laughs> <laughs> and it's been a great success. We do monthly rides. And our guide is that we keep the rides three to five miles long and not too steep. Arlington has a whole lot of hills. So I try to keep the rides as flat as possible. And designing the rides with parents who don't have e-assist bikes in mind mm -hmm. and kids who are new to biking. I want to make it comfortable. And our rides usually start at a playground. So... Usually the kids all play on the playground and the parents have a little time to talk. There's always somebody who has a flat tire who needs something tightened up or whose helmet is too loose or, you know, something that needs to be adjusted. So we try to build in time so that we can be relaxed about all this and no one's stressed. And then we ride. The challenge of critical mass rides for a lot of people is that we ride so slowly yes. <laughs> that adults who are by themselves on their own bikes. Sometimes it's a challenge to, to ride that slow, mm -hmm. but we all stay together and we stay with the slowest person and we just make a good time out of it. 
And then usually we end at ice cream or at a restaurant or an event, something fun so that people are encouraged to, to continue hanging out, having a good time. Our rides have varied in size. We've had rides where it's been like my family and one other family, mm-hmm. which have been great. We've also had rides that have been 80 people. Wow. Which is also great. It's a different kind of great. Yes. <laughs> uh, most of our rides are between five and 10 families. We actually had five families on five bikes, and we've had five families on 15 or 20 bikes. You know, it, it, that also varies as to whether it's more parents with kids on their bikes or kids on their own bikes. But usually I'd say around 20 to 30 bikes, which is a really good size because we're a group ride. We're clearly a group ride. People usually call us a parade. (laughs) It's great because in the good weather, there's people out in their front yards doing what they do and they see us coming by and they love to see the parade and they take lots of pictures and they wave. The kids love it. Yeah. I love how in both your work on the Bicycle Advisory Committee and then with Critical Mass that you just showed up or just started it and that that was well-received and that people were either wanting your participation in the Bicycle Advisory Council and looking for more people to get involved or there are lots of people who wanted to be part of a family group ride and that wasn't available in your area. So I think that can be so encouraging for people who wish that they were more involved or wish that they had something like this in that if you start it, if you show up, other people are looking for that too and will want to join in. Yes, and they love it. And one of the things that I love, especially about Critical Mass, is that it makes people happy and it has gone beyond the family biking set. So some of my favorite riders have been the people who were new to biking or who hadn't been biking for a long time. And they were a little nervous about getting back on a bike. And so they'll come to a critical mass ride just to feel comfortable. And it's, it's such an inclusive group that they really like doing it. And then they start referring their other friends to mm. it. And so they hear about it that way, even though they're not bringing kids. They're just there for the group ride. I love that even though that wasn't part of my vision, it's part of a service that we're providing to the community. Yes. What a testament to how inclusive the group is, that people feel really comfortable going there and then also bringing friends into that space. Let's chat about the benefits and challenges of family biking. And feel free to speak to any of the kind of work that you do around biking or just your own family's personal experience. What have you found to be the biggest benefits? So for our own family, I think our kids learn a lot about our community. They learn a lot about where we live because they see it. They are so much more attached to it when they're on the bike and they breathe it in. They know whether it's hot or cold. They know that it's raining or snowing or sunny. They know that certain neighborhoods have lots of people outdoors and walking around in them and other neighborhoods have fewer people. And they know how to get home. The other day, I was helping my husband out, and I ran the kids over to dance class and was biking home. And I wanted to try out this new secret way that someone told me about. So I I turned left where we always turn right. And my two-year-old was telling me that (laughs) I was going the wrong way. (laughs) 
<laughs> my two-year-old knows how to get home from dance class. Yep. <laughs> which I love. And I love that it builds the community outside of just our family. Mm -hmm. So when other people are out of their car, we can say hello. When we pass our friends on a bike and we're biking together, we can have a conversation in a way that you can't do when you're in a car. And it brings smiles to faces. I love telling people who normally bike on race bikes about the experience of biking with kids mm -hmm. because it's night and day. When you're biking, especially an ox bike or a long tail, a funny looking bike, and you have kids on the bike, people are so nice to you. Mm -hmm. They'll stop and wave you through even when they shouldn't. <laughs> yes. They will roll down their windows to tell you you're doing a good thing and to tell the kids that they love the bike. They actually say really nice things all the time, which is night and day to how I'm treated when I'm alone on a bike. And especially my husband, when he's kitted up in his racing kit on his race bike, mm -hmm. it's like he's a totally different species than when he is sitting on the box bike in normal clothes with kids there. Yes. I've had, well, I don't do racing, but I've had the same experience of being treated really differently riding on my own versus riding with my kids. And I'm thankful that people are so wonderful with my kids because they really haven't had an experience of someone being rude to us or cutting us off or yelling at us. But I do hope that that's a first step to extending it to other cyclists as well and to the whole spectrum of the cycling community. Yeah, I think it is. And I think it makes us ambassadors hmm. to the world of cycling. We are a bridge where people look at us and they don't, they don't respond negatively. Yeah. And I know this from my advocacy work that when you're saying, you know, we should put in a protected bike lane here or we should improve this intersection for people who bike, there are people who still today will drag out the stereotype of the mammal who runs reds and, and all of this other stuff. I have tried many different ways to counter that line of argument. But the most effective I've found is I ride every day with a child on my bike. Mm -hmm. We're not designing infrastructure. For the racers, we're designing the infrastructure for the kids. Yes. Or to say, you know, I want to design this road so that my kids can ride their bikes to school. That reframes the argument mm -hmm. in a way that I think is very helpful. Yes. I love that way of looking at it as being an ambassador and seeing that as part of your role in the community. So there are numerous benefits. I'm sure we could both talk about them for much longer. But on the flip side, what would you say you found to be the biggest challenges of family biking? The kids keep growing <laughs> and they keep having more and more things to do and just juggling the schedule as it gets more complicated is a challenge. And I think the challenge that we're staring down right now is that our kids are going to be on their bikes more and more, mm -hmm. but they're not responsible enough to be alone on their bikes quite yet. Yes. And so just from an equipment point of view, figuring out how to have their bikes with you, the stretches that they should be riding, that they can and should be riding by themselves, but then what to do with their bikes when they need to be on your bike mm -hmm. is a challenge. Yes. Yes. We're in that exact same phase. So if you discover amazing solutions or if listeners have great suggestions for us. 
please pass them on. So my big present to my husband is that we're upgrading our box bike. Okay. And I'm going to put a custom bike on a Reese Mueller Paxter. And so with a custom bike, I'm thinking maybe there will be an option to make it easier to tow the kids' bikes. Mm-hmm. And I haven't found any great solutions yet. So if any listeners have great solutions for towing kids' bikes, either through a custom rack mm-hmm. or through, I was thinking maybe there was a way to put hangers on the box where you could hang. Hmm. I don't know. We're still trying to figure it out. Yeah, I'm not sure. I know that Yuba now has a specific tow tray for one of the footrest areas where it's specifically designed for a wheel to lock in and be dragged behind. But with a box bike, that's a little different than with a long tail. So on the extra cycle, we tow the older twos bike. The So we have a 20-inch for our 5-year-old and a 24-inch for our 7-year-old, both Prevello bikes, awesome bikes. And we tow them behind the extra cycle without any special anything. We just have the regular footrest, actually is standard on the extra cycle. And so we just put the front wheel in there and then we use Velcro to loop the headset mm-hmm. onto the hoopty. And that works perfectly. It takes two minutes and we can tow two bikes, no problem. And there used to be something called a caddy rack, but Unfortunately, the guy that makes the caddy rack is no longer making caddy racks. That was a normal-sized rack, so not a long tail, but a normal link bike rack that had those like foot-resty things on the bottom. So if anyone knows something like a caddy rack that you can actually buy, that would be great. Yeah. And then my final question is going to be, what piece of advice would you offer a family who is interested in starting to bike for transportation, but has never done that before? So maybe somebody thinking about coming to a critical mass ride, but just doesn't really know where to start or what to do. Three pieces of advice. One, it's awesome. It is so much fun. It is life-changing in the best way. And it's a way to feel a little bit like a cool, functioning, strong adults, even though you're a slave to your children. (laughs) Number two, talk to people near you because one big frustration is often maintenance. And so finding an option that will work for you, that you can get main, you know, you can get regular maintenance at a shop that you can get to, which is often a frustration with with e-bikes that there aren't a lot of shops that that work on e-bikes. So figure out what you want to buy that will fit into your life, even when something goes wrong with the bike. (laughs) So you can either you're handy enough to fix it yourself or you can get it fixed somewhere near you. Mm -hmm. And talking to people who live near you is a really good option. And critical mass rides and family bike party rides, family rides in your area there is probably one in your area. The main Kittical Mass website has a list of all the Kittical Mass rides in the country, and most of them do at least one ride a year in September. And even if you don't bike now, and so you don't want to come to the ride, most Kittical Mass rides are like Arlington rides in that they meet at a playground or they mm-hmm. end at a playground, mm-hmm. and everyone is welcome to come and talk to us. That's Half the reason we're doing this is to talk to other people, to meet other people, to make this easy. So I know for our rides, it would be better if you came to our end point. But 
You can also come to where we start. And if you just introduce yourself and say, hey, I like your bike, we'll probably talk to you about our bike and how we ended up with what we have, what we like about it, what we don't, you know, what other options that we know are available in our area. So just come, just do it. It's really fun. Yeah. I love that idea of showing up, even if you're not going to ride, to talk to people and just see all the different setups and people with kids of different ages and what has worked for them now and in the past. And it's just going to be a wealth of information there if you can get yourself to a place where that's happening. Exactly. And we usually pick really fun playgrounds. (laughs) (laughs) Even more motivation. Your kids will be busy playing so you can scope out all the bike gear. Exactly. Well, Jillian, thank you so much for taking the time to talk with me today. I really enjoyed our conversation, and I love how involved you are in so many different things in the community and how much initiative you've taken to help make biking better in Arlington. Well, thank you. And thank you, Sarah, for for hosting me and for hosting this podcast and helping get the word out and information out about family biking and how great it is. And as we say in our family, ride safe, have fun, and have a great day. Same to you. Thanks so much for listening to the show. In the show notes, I will link to all of Jillian's social media, as well as information about the Bicycle Advisory Council and Kittical Mass. Next time, you'll hear from Doug Dunlop, who many of you may know from his blog and social media handle, Cold Bike. He bikes year-round in Calgary, Alberta, including going on winter bike camping adventures with his family. I hope you'll join me then. <laughs>